Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. It's an honor to be here. Thank you, Apostle Jennifer, for opening your pulpit for me. I'm I'm very honored. Don't take it lightly. I believe it's amazing how God uses different gifts in the body of Christ to manifest a different side of the Lord. See, the moment you think you've arrived is proof that you ain't never started, right? So this is what I love about the kingdom. God has different aspects. We have fivefold ministries that have different understandings of the Lord. We have different anointings on people. But let me explain something to you. The only person that matters is Jesus Christ. Okay, it's not about the person holding the the microphone. It's not about the lights. It's not about that. It really is this. When you come in here and if you leave and all you remember is me, then I've failed. If all you remember is like, wow, that was a, I, I really like that guy. Really, if all you remember is me, then I've actually failed. Because it's really, we have to come to the place that we see Jesus in one another. You know, the word says, John, James 4, 8, to draw near to God, he'll draw near to me. You draw near to you, right? But do you know what that actually means? Part of drawing near to God is me actually drawing close to you. Because who lives in you? It's community, it's family, it's relationship. There's nothing more supernatural than seeing us connected. Because everybody longs for family, everybody longs for relationship, everybody longs for community. Because most people that come to church, they already feel disconnected. They already feel misunderstood. They already feel like they don't fit in anywhere. So they're just coming here to get a little bit of hope for the rest of the week. But if we can truly understand that Jesus Christ died and rose again so that we could share the same glory Him and the Father shared by being one with one another. That's amazing. I want to honor my 425 Miami leaders, Judith and Millie, for coming here. Thank you guys for driving up. We love you guys. I'm still proclaiming you moved to North Carolina. Now just... And I just seen that you, you you just got a boyfriend. I was hoping you'd bring him today because I was going to prophesy, read him. Because I'm like I'm, I'm like Papa, right? Okay. Make, yeah, I'm going to make sure he's honest. I ain't playing. You all my girls. I love y'all. Thanks for coming. Wow. Come on, man. You guys are like rolling. 
That's good stuff. Good to see you again. God bless you. Did I meet you last time, bro? Playing the drums. Did I meet you last time? I did? I, I like the beat. <laughs> I like the beat. God's going to do some brand new things in your life. Yeah. Are y'all, are y'all related or friends or... Just, little, just, little spiritual brother. Oh, spiritual brother. Okay. Well, I, it's pretty cool. I saw like a, a jazz album happening. Like a Okay. And I saw you doing like the, uh, a drummer man beat. And, and the Lord calls you drummer man because some people would just call you a drummer boy, but you're really a drummer man. So I just want to encourage you both. The Lord's going to completely ramp up some things in your life. You have been balancing so many things. You have been working. You've been trying to make ends meet. Just doing whatever you can. And meanwhile, you're honing your craft. But I just want to encourage you both that I just uh, that God's going to do, open up some avenues for you in the very near future. And young man in the back, what's your name? Jer- Jeremiah. <laughs> Come on. Lord, I just declare and decree that Jeremiah live up to his name. So maybe you prophesy on the drums, Jeremiah. And I feel like the Lord's going to do a brand new thing in your life. And even... Glory. Even in the summertime, you're going to walk in a new, new dimension. Even when it turns summer, by the time that I see you, even, even when God starts to do, I see a, he's doing a shift. And specifically, I hear the month of July for you. God's going to do some amazing things in July. Even Chakirum, even by the 30th of July, God is going to do a move of God in your life. Hallelujah. So mark that down. What's that? That's your birthday? <laughs> Come on now. So be it. Mark it down. Watch God move it, okay? Praise God. Hallelujah. Jesus be the center, right? I don't know about y'all, but I, I, I really want him to be everything because I can't do this how many of you are tired of just living a mediocre Christian life anybody all right let me ask you can I get some honest Christians in the house here today how many of you in here are tired anybody tired okay okay how many of you are just tired of going through warfare how many are going tired through anybody okay how many of you are tired of going around the same mountain all the time how many how many how many of you are tired of dealing with fear anybody in here oh come on now how many are you tired of being broke how many of you Okay. How many of you tired of being sick? Oh, Lord Jesus, look at all these hands. How many of now? Now, I'm really going to ask you to be honest with me. Because this is where you find out if you're a true believer. Because you're not supposed to lie. See, I ask questions like this all the time because we have enough masks in church. Yeah. If you can't get real and you can't get raw, then heaven ain't open. So I'm going to ask you something. The reason I ask this is because it's one, it's trying to get you to get your guard down. And two, it's, it's making note, letting everybody else know they're not alone. So in this room, how many of you have been like you're tired of dealing with depression? I want you to raise your hand. Raise it up high. Don't hide. Okay, look around. 
And don't be scared. Listen, listen. When I, when I look around, I tell people to look around because there's a reason. Because we're called to actually bear one another's burdens. All right, how many of you in here right now are, are just tired of being misunderstood by everybody? Raise your hand. How many of you want to own a business? Raise your hand. Lord Jesus, look at all these hands. You see, every, everybody's got all of these 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 things that they're dealing with but we're actually called to help one another you realize that so the kingdom of God is not vertical it's actually horizontal what do I mean by that Luke 17 21 says the kingdom of God is within you so if the kingdom of God is within you if I actually want to get closer to the Lord I have to get closer to you oh Scott I don't know if I want to do that I don't like that person well that's exactly why you need to be with them because God uses people to make us die. Oh yeah, we've got to die to self. So everybody thinks the Christian life is supposed to be full of uh, unicorns, rainbows, and, and ice cream, right? No, the Christian life is a life that you actually have to take up your cross. Isn't it amazing? Jesus said if you want to follow him, take up an instrument of death. Wow. Isn't that crazy? An instrument of death. Why is he saying He says because he wants you to lay down yourself. So that you can really live a limitless life. A limitless life cannot be lived when we're focusing on our own self. So what happens is we get fascinated with our issues in here. Do you know your issue is not your issue? Y'all can keep playing for me too, brother. That's fine. I like it. We At our church, we have it constantly flowing. Your issue is not your issue. You know what it is? Your fascination with your issue is what your issue. See, wherever you gaze is where you're going to go. Whatever you behold is what you become. You know, we talked about Jesus Christ being the center. Do you realize that John 12, 32 says, If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And I know we can say that and we, we think we understand it. And we think we, we know what that means. But let me explain something to you. When you truly do surrender your whole life to God, all of a sudden, every desire of, of yourself, you lose it. You just simply, I just want to give it to you, God. And that's the moment you find His. And that's where satisfaction is. Let me explain something to you. You don't have to be a salesman for your anointing in here. When Jesus, every time he healed somebody, what did he do? Don't tell nobody. He'd even go off and hide. He was constantly trying to get away from the spotlight. Isn't that amazing? See, the closer you get to the Lord, you actually desire to be seen less. Because it's no longer you don't want the attention, but all of a sudden you want God to be glorified. And what's amazing with the Lord, when your heart is right with that, that's the moment He actually does promote you. And it's promotion that lasts because it's promotion built on the foundations of heaven. I travel the world and I minister to a lot of Christians who are hating their life. I minister to a lot of believers that are struggling constantly 
they're constantly trapped in a pit of anger, self-hatred, inadequacy, and just, just let's just tell the truth. There's no power in their life. Now, I'm going to tell you something right here that a lot of people don't understand. The reason I preach on community and family and Jesus so much is because there's no greater thing than that. Because we have a generation of Lone Rangers right now that don't believe in connection. Do you know the Lord didn't even do anything unless he was connected? When God created everything, he says, let us make man in our image. Let's, let's do this together. Even Jesus, who is the pattern that we're supposed to be like, after he got baptized, he was immediately thrust into the wilderness. He was thrust. The Spirit of God took him to testing. Wow. Isn't it amazing? The wilderness isn't negative, actually. It's a good thing. So, but it's when you're going through the process. The Spirit of God thrust Jesus into the wilderness to con- continue to learn how to die to self, his flesh side. But after Jesus came out of the wilderness, what's the Bible say? He comes out in power, right? So he had the power, he had the goods, he had everything that he needed. But what's the first thing he did? Did he start performing miracles right away? No, he didn't. The first thing he did is he went looking for his family. He went looking for his disciples. He did not perform a miracle at all until he got his boys. Because he was actually doing a pattern that he saw the Father do. But what happens today is like we come to church, we gather, but we don't assemble. And all of a sudden the anointing gets on somebody, they got to go out there, all right, praise God, the anointing's on me, let me go out there and make it happen. Well, who who are you family with? I don't need no family, I don't believe in that. Praise God, the anointing's on me, man, he's using me. Glory. And that's so not God. Got a lot of, lot of young evangelists doing that today. And it's sad because it's going completely against the Lord. Because he longs for family. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, 25, don't forsake the assembling of one another together. Let me explain something to you. I, I was telling the first service, you know, there's a difference between assembly and gathering. Let's think about it. How many of you, when you, when you have kids, you had a, you got a box that had toys in it, and it, it said on the package, assembly not included. Can you imagine if you just put that box down in front of the kids? Here's your, here's your present. Well, it's not put together. That's all right. It's, we're all here. All the parts are here. No, but it's the thing. This is how we treat church. We gather with our parts, but we're really not assembled. And to assemble actually means you've got to sometimes take a screwdriver. You got to, you got to, you got to, there's pressure, there's friction, there's issues. You might get upset with someone. That's right. But this is why a lot of people don't have close relationships in church because, let's face it, we don't want to be real. We'd rather put on our fake mask and be religious. I'm telling you that the key to your breakthrough is when you can just say, hey, I want to be real. You know, one of the things I used to hate, and 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 I've, people come up to, I've got an unspoken prayer request. Why can't you say what it is? I mean, seriously, why can't you say what it is? How can someone agree with you if no one knows what it is? You know, the only reason they say unspoken is because they don't want to be vulnerable. 
Let me explain something. When you do get vulnerable, will you get hurt? Probably yes. But that's okay. Because let me explain something. How many of you want to walk like Jesus? So you want to love without an opinion, huh? Ooh, about it. Do you know what, the, what love does? Love, somebody might turn your back, stab you in the back, but what love does is holds, hold the back, holds their back there long enough that they can get rid of all their knives. That's love. That's God. And that's what he's doing. He's actually looking for a people who are ready to walk like him and talk like him and act like him. Because true supernatural is not just healing somebody's back and doing another miracle. True supernatural is actually me loving you without an agenda behind that love. Isn't that something? So if I love someone without an agenda, that means that I love you because I just simply love you. I don't want anything from you. Isn't that crazy? I don't want anything from you, but it's that love that actually causes you to get converted to Christ. Romans 2, 4 says it's the goodness and kindness of God that leads men to repent. So that goodness of God is actually loving you without an opinion. Let me ask you. It starts with you. Most people don't love people because they really don't like themselves. And that's exactly you just buying what the devil's selling you. You know, 1 John 3, 8 says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifest to destroy the works of the devil. I love that scripture. I would, say, I would preach it, man. I went back in the day. I got saved in 1987. I used to preach that, man. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest. Well, I could, I could have a good preacher voice. <laughs> and I was so phony and fake. I don't know about you. I just don't want to do show no more. I'm just tired of the glitter. But you got to understand that verse. For this purpose was the, the Son of God was manifest. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Now, here's the cool thing. You know the word works in Greek is the Greek word ergon? Check it out. It means employment. So Jesus came to lay the devil off. So technically the devil's unemployed. So if he's unemployed, why is he causing so much havoc in people's lives? Because I'll tell you why, because you're hiring him. <laughs> you know, the Bible says that your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. He's basically saying, hey, you going to hire me today? How do, you hire, how do you hire the enemy? I'll tell you how you hire through fear. Do you know, like... If a, if a rabbit is out caught in the field and all of a sudden it's trapped in a snare, it makes a sound of pain and fear that attracts the hyenas and the jackals. An animal that is in the field with fear will make a sound that attracts coyotes. So imagine what we do when we get full of fear, we make a sound. Even, well, how many of us actually pray out of fear instead of faith? I'll never forget, I was here recently when the Lord started teaching me about just becoming more like Him. I had such a crazy confidence in who He is come all over me. And I'm going to tell you this story, but while I'm going to this story, I want you to turn to uh, 2 Corinthians 3. And I'll never forget, I was going through some crazy chaos. Have anybody ever been through crazy chaos? 
Am I the only one? Come on, don't be. I know y'all ain't lying in here. How many of y'all been through some chaos? Huh? Any chaotic moments? Trial. How's that status? Christianese. How many went through some trials? All right. Uh, so while I was in the midst of this trial, this chaos, I instantly just started going into warring tongues. And he stopped me. He says, why are you doing that? I says, because I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with this fear. He says, you're not helping your fear. You're not changing it that way. No, he's leading me. You've got to follow the Lord for you. Okay. This is what he said. He says, Scott, how does perfect love, how does love or fear get off of you? Perfect love cast out fear because fear has torment. He says, if you're trying to get rid of fear by telling fear to leave, you're not understanding perfect love. You got to simply say, Lord, I receive your love. Let me look at you. Let me gaze at the beauty of your holiness. Let me look at you. As I start to see him, as I start to look and engage into Jesus, look into Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. All of a sudden, you got to understand that verse in Hebrews 12 two says, look unto Jesus, look at him. The author and the developer of our faith. So how does our faith get developed? What you looking at? What you looking at? The only way you can look at the Lord is you got to be blind. Remember, the Bible says to walk by faith and not by. So what happens? Are we walking by faith or are we walking by what we always see? See, when we walk by what we see, we're only looking at our circumstances. We're looking at our circumstances, we're looking at our situations, and we're truly not looking at the Word of God. When you say, Lord, I, ch- I-, I choose to be blind so I can see, I'm not going to lo- now look at my circumstances. I'm not even going to look at my fear now, because it don't belong to me. It's not mine, because God didn't give it to me. God didn't give me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. So I read the word, I see that, and and the Lord said, just look at me, son. Just look at me. Do you not realize that every time that Peter, when he walked on the water, as long as he looked at me? What does it mean to look at Jesus? It means to put your attention on him. Attention. Your attention will always impact your intentions. Because here, let me, ex- let me explain something to every single one of you. The Holy Ghost came in the room just like he did. And we had some glorious praise. You were aware that he was here. It's awesome to be aware. But it's another thing to say, okay, I know you're here now. Can I look at you? You know, that's how we treat the Lord a lot. We're aware. Oh, praise God. I need to see another speck of gold dust here. I see the gold dust. I see a speck. And we've relegated who he is to just another. All right, there's a gold dust. There's a feather. And we're completely missing it because most people I've seen done that. They have full, the full of fear anyway. They're not becoming like him. When you become like him, you don't seek signs. They just follow you. And when it happens, oh, praise God. It's no big deal. Because it's no, it's, we're not focused on that anymore. We're really focused on becoming like Jesus. So in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, 
just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, I love that scripture because what it's saying is when you behold Jesus, His glory, He's the Lord, right? When you behold Him, you're going to be transformed. What's that mean? Are you looking at Him? You've got to look at the mirror. Who's the mirror? Jesus. See, what happens when you're not looking at Jesus, you actually, when you read the Bible, you'll read Jesus instead of reading about Him. And this is what most people, they'd rather read about Jesus instead of read Him. When you read Him, you know what He thinks, what He feels, what He's doing, what He's saying. You, you have this connection with Him, Lord. And then you start, when you have a connection with Him, you actually walk with Him. And you only do those things which He asks you to do. He's had me do some crazy stuff in the past. I've done a lot of stuff on my own, though. You know, anybody ever done anything on your own? And it failed, right? Well, sometimes it fails, sometimes it works. That's the truth. You can build a business without Jesus. You can even build a ministry without Jesus. You really can. We can use our natural giftings. But what happens, there will always be something missing. But when you truly taste and see that the Lord is good, you'll walk with Him. And you'll actually know what He wants you to do. Everywhere I go, people say, I really want to learn how to hear the voice of God. Like the quickest way to hear the voice of God is just read your Bible. We overcomplicate things. You know the Bible's so simple, you have to get somebody to help you misunderstand it. <laughs> and that's ain't the truth. We, but unfortunately, we've got a lot of people help us do that. It takes us away from the simplicity of Jesus. Look unto Jesus. So the Bible says when you behold him, his glory as in a mirror. So Jesus Christ is the mirror. So when you're looking at the mirror, what are you seeing? You shouldn't be seeing you. You should be seeing him. And the more you focus on who he is, the more you actually become like him. And I'll give you a case in point. Colossians chapter 3. Lord, have mercy. Colossians chapter 3, starting with verse 1. If you then were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Oh, come on now. Where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Now verse 2. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Pause a second. What the heck does that mean? Set your mind on things above and not on the earth. What's above? Heaven. But heaven is also in you. Because Romans 14, 17 says, the kingdom of God is not meat nor drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy. So all the joy you need is in you, all the peace you need is in you, and all the righteousness you need is in you. It's all in you. But he's saying, he's really what he's what Paul's saying, you have to think higher because you're actually living from a mere carnal mind. Mindsets are everything. Limitless life. You are today where you are because of your thought life. Hello, somebody. So we know Luke 6.45 says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? But it doesn't get into the heart until it actually gets in our head. We can stop what we speak if we actually engage what we think. Your thoughts are like highways. 
they're going to take you somewhere. What are you thinking? What are you looking at? What are you seeing? I remember when I got my motorcycle license, I had to take a safety course and me and my wife, we were taking this motorcycle safety course and, and as we're riding, they said this to us, don't pull the handles where you look is where you're going to go. I'm like, oh Lord Jesus, that'll preach. It's true. Where you look is where you're going to go. So what are you looking at? Are you looking at the past? Are you looking at all the stuff you're tempted with? Are you looking at him? Let me keep reading, y'all. Verse 3, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. What? What did he say? Where's your life? What? Wait a second. This is the word. This ain't Scott and Harry. This is the, the word. The Bible says you're, you are dead and your life is actually hidden with Christ. Where's Christ at? The right hand of God. Oh, Lord. And he's also in you. Isn't that crazy? He says, your life is hidden with Christ and God. Now check us out. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Now let me explain something to you. He's not talking about coming back. for the, That's not the second coming. I don't believe that. He's not talking about the second coming of that aspect. I believe in the second coming, but He's not talking about that. He's talking about when He appears in your consciousness. When you really do see Him. That's when you appear before him. That's what he's talking about. When you behold him, you become him. And I love it that I really appreciate the introduction that Austin gave about becoming, I want to be like Jesus, but I used to not be. I used to be an ambitious, crazy workaholic that could flow in the gifts and not even like you. And a lot of people applaud that today. And it's so not God. It wasn't Jesus. He had to strip me. I had to get to the place that he said, if you want to follow me, you've got to deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. And that's... So he took me through a place of great pruning. Has any of you ever been pruned before? Good. You know, I used to hate pruning, but I realized this pruning is actually from the Lord. God rewards growth with pruning. Well, I'm just tired of being pruned. Well, you, you obviously don't understand. You're getting ready to go through some amazing blessing. But I'm going through hell right now. Good. You're going through. That's favor. <laughs> what do you mean it's favor? Well, everybody wants the favor of God, but let me explain something to you. Joseph was had one of the most favor. He was favored by God. What did it do? Put him in a pit. That great favor put him in a dungeon. Oh, praise God. Give me the favor of God. No, what we're talking about is we want just stuff. Just give me some more stuff. I want my mansion, my Mercedes. That's not what he's talking about. Let me tell you what true prosperity is. True prosperity isn't what you have. It's actually who you have. And when you have connection and community and family, 
then that's when you can actually learn how to be more like Jesus. That's good preaching. Hallelujah. I'm coming to the place in my life now. It's like, he's now, before I used to want to just work, 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 work for the Lord. Now I just like, Lord, can we just sit and talk? And, and, and then he'll, then he'll say, Scott, I need you to get out and speak. But God, it'd be so much easier just to sit and hang out with you today. Trust me, I'm telling you, I'd much rather be at home with my wife who's recovering from a surgery. I have to follow my assignment. You know, Luke 12, 48 says, to whom much is given, much is required. Everybody, we want, we, you gotta understand that. Praise God. Well, I'm called to the ministry. All right, you're called to die. That's right. Isn't that something? Whoever finds his life loses it. <laughs> I'm telling you, you know, it's amazing. The closer you get to the Lord, he's like, praise God for this trial. So I ask you, how many of you are going through a trial right now in here? Anybody? A trial? Be honest. I want to see trials. Look at all these amazing folks. You guys should be the first ones up here shouting hallelujah then. You know, you see, the Bible says to count it all joy when you go through a trial, right? Why? Why is that? Because I'm telling you, it's a sign of the favor of God. See, what happens, an enemy is an indicator that you're about to be promoted. Ooh, can I say it again? An enemy is an indicator that you're about to be promoted. So that's why I count it all joy when you go through trials, because what God's doing, he's using the trial to actually make you better. Yeah, he's trying to strip off all that carnal mind that you got. What do you mean the carnal mind? I'm saved and sanctified. That's right. Well, you know, you got to get your mind renewed. The Bible says in Romans 8, 7, that the carnal mind is enmity with God. I've, I've operated in a carnal mind. I could flow in power and still have the carnal mind. How, why, how do you know that? How do I know that? Because I know the carnal mind is linked to the knowledge of good and evil. I knew how to do it. Knowing how to do something good can sometimes be the carnal mind. The carnal mind loves its formulas. Ooh, that's good stuff. So I'm going to read some more stuff to y'all, and we're all going to get delivered from us tonight today. How's that sound? <laughs> so I want you to turn your Bible to Matthew chapter 5. It's so funny. I always write, I wrote down some notes, and I have not, not even using them. It's, 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 he always does that to me. Come on. So Matthew chapter 5. All right, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to read verse 20 to start. For I say to you, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Okay, let's stop there for a second. A limitless life. In order to reach a limitless life, we can't have our righteousness like that of a scribe and a Pharisee. What's he talking about? What did the scribes do? What did they do? Y'all remember? They wrote down the Bible. They wrote verses. So they knew the Word. Okay? They knew the Scripture. So he's saying, he's talking about somebody that actually memorized the Bible. Okay? He says, except your righteousness exceed that of just a a person who can quote Scriptures. Then the next thing he says... And Pharisees. Now, what were the Pharisees? Pharisees were extremely pious. 
the Pharisees, they knew the law. You know, they, they were faithful church attenders and tithers. They were. They were so good at performing. They did things to perform to get closer to God, but it's their performance that actually put them further away from Him. They were so trapped in performance that it, it caused them to be blind when the Messiah was in front of them. They didn't even see Him because they were so consumed with their formulas. How to do it. So what the Lord's saying here, except your righteousness exceed that of just somebody that can quote scriptures and somebody that's a performer, you can't enter the kingdom. This was me. I could quote you chapter and verse. I could rattle them off like a machine gun. And I could perform too. I pastored for years. I mean, this again, this is 27th year of ministry. I've, I've, uh, I've seen the clean, the clean Eastwood, the good, bad, and the ugly of church. Okay? I've encountered it. I'll tell you, I knew the formulas, man. I knew, I knew how to take up a good offering, too. I could take up a good offering. I was like, all right, well, you got to take up an offering. Let's, let's, let's say this. Let's say this. I had formulas for everything. Man, I was so fake. Thank God for His grace, man. See, this is what happens. We, we get trapped in performance. I'm, I'm being honest and real with y'all. Because when you're real and transparent, the Lord walks in. He's, he's here. And what happened? I was so full of performance, I was miserable. And then I would always hate how things were working in my life. Going through some of the hardest, darkest times... And when I was going through the darkest times, I always was blaming the devil, but I realized that wasn't always the devil. Some of it was the Lord. What do you mean, Scott? Let me explain something to you. God hides upgrades for you in the midst of darkness. Remember when in Genesis chapter 1, the Holy Spirit, it was dark and void, and the Holy Spirit hovered over the deep? The word hovered in Hebrew is the, the word that means to brood over. What that means is like a mother looking over the child's crib. God was getting excited in the darkest time of creation. Why was he getting excited? Because he knew that that darkness was going to encounter light. And sometimes, even the Bible says in Psalm 23, though I walk through the valley of a shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You lead me through the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. The paths of righteousness have upgrades through trials. We talked about count it all joy, right? So, so some of you might be going through a trial that's not necessarily the devil. It actually could be the Lord trying to upgrade you. You ever heard of the big rally? That was the big car rally. I think it was the Dakar rally. They, hundreds of miles, these cars would drive in the desert. And what they would do... It would go, I think, all throughout the Middle East. But what they would do, if these drivers, it would last like, I think, a week. Okay? This is crazy. About a month before the big race, these drivers would have scouts go out and follow the paths of their route. And when it would get the hardest point where, where they would need supplies, they would bury supplies at the hardest points. They would bury gasoline, they would bury water, they would bury food. So when they actually had the race, 
when they reach to the point that, man, this is hard. I don't know if I can't take it anymore. I'm going to keep on plowing. All of a sudden, their provision was in their, their hard times. This is why the Bible says, don't grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you'll reap if you faint not. See, what happens, the carnal mind faints. Because the carnal mind doesn't look unto Jesus. The carnal mind is looking at themselves. And what happens when you're always looking at you, you're navel-gazing. And when you navel-gaze, you're looking at inward. I'm always looking at me, always looking at me, always looking at me. And if you're always looking at you, tell me how can you bear somebody else's burden if you're always looking at you? Can't. Can't do it. Are y'all getting anything out of this? So, Matthew chapter 5, he says that, except your righteousness exceed that of a performer. So the Lord started doing a stripping away from me, and he says, Scott, I want you to love. Well, Lord, I love people. So he goes, no, you don't. I said, God, but I do love people. He says, no, you don't. He says, when you truly love the way I love, you will love someone without an opinion. See, real love has no agenda. I didn't know this type of love. I had no clue. I had no grid for it. Because everything that I was doing training, it was like, I do this for you so I can get something back from you. I always had a tally. Well, I, I want to make sure I bless this person. And, you know, they, you know, I bless them. I helped them out. So I'm sure they're going to help me. We've all done that, right? Even at Christmas time, right? You give somebody a Christmas present, they don't say thank you. How's that going to make you feel? How do we do the Lord? So he took me to Matthew chapter 5, and he says, I want you to read this. And you know, as I was reading it, I was manifesting. <laughs> what I mean by manifesting, I was like getting upset inside. Because we're all getting free, right? The biggest person we got to get free of is us. is self Surrender to God to live a limitless, limitless life. We've got to die to self. So in, in Matthew chapter 5, starting with, let's see here. Let's read starting with verse 38, okay? Y'all ready? Here we go, verse 38. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I tell you not to resist an evil person. <laughs> But whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. Okay, wait a sec. Do you know why he said that right cheek? Because it was an ultimate act of insult. It's referring to a backhand. Because if a person would backhand, they would hit them on the right cheek. And in, in the Middle Eastern culture, a backhand was the ultimate act of respect, disrespect. If you slap somebody normal, that's one thing. But if you backhand somebody, that's extremely dishonorable. And here is the Lord saying, you're, if somebody backhands you and gives you utmost dis, and they dishonor you, give them the other side. You know, I, I read stuff like that, and this is, this is Jesus talking. Okay? If anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. Wow. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Now, how many of y'all getting convicted just reading that? <laughs> See, I was reading this, the Lord was telling me when he said, Scott, no, you don't love. 
Because this right here, Jesus is the mirror we're to look at, right? When I read this, I'm looking at him. This is Jesus. He's saying this is who he is. This is his nature. This is his character. Give to him who asks you and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. Verse 43. You have heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use and persecute you. Can you imagine if Christians would actually do that on social media? Do you know we're going to be judged by every word that we speak and every every word that we type? Even the people that you block and defriend that are fellow Christians, you're going to be held accountable for it. Isn't that something? Because the reason we do this is because sometimes it's for the wrong reasons. Now, if the Lord asks us to, you follow him. We have to follow him. God's had me to, to hide people, and I've had to block certain things, but I used to do it so easy. Man, I'm blocking them. I can't believe they're blocking them. You know, you ever done that? Start arguing on social media. Can you imagine that's so not the Lord? Wow. We're living limitless life there, right? How many of you want to live a limitless life? Getting back to Jesus. Man, I tell you, he's, he's helping all of us, right? We're going to love, we're going to learn how to love, right? Starts with loving ourselves, right? Some of you have been blocking yourself. Jesus. All right, let me keep on reading here, guys, and we can manifest a little bit more. Okay. <laughs> All right. He says, though, he says, do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. Whoa. So what's the proof of being a son of God? <laughs> it's not just flowing in power, is it? It's not just healing somebody. All creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Good. Love somebody who doesn't love you back. Isn't that something? But this is what we preach in the modern you know, evangelism because I'm a power evangelist. I get it. I used to preach all the time. Romans 8, 19, all creation is groaning. I'm going to go out there and heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. But do I really love somebody who's spitefully using me? <laughs> Come on, Jesus. Here we go. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your father is perfect. Now, I'm going to read one more scripture here because I'm going to, I'm going to help you today. In Proverbs 4.23, Proverbs 4.23. You can still play a little bit, bro. Yeah. I'm missing that flow. I, I like the flow. Don't tell me. I feel so much. Uh, 
Jesus is Lord. Here we go. So Proverbs 4.23 says to guard your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. Guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flow the issues of life. Say issues. Now what's he talking about guarding your heart? What does it mean to guard? It means to actually set a watch. Now what's the heart? What's the heart represent? Can somebody tell me what, what happens in the heart? Through the heart man believes. Romans 10, 9 and 10. So faith comes where? The heart, right? Romans 10, 9 and 10 says faith comes in the heart and through the mouth confession is made into salvation. So you believe and you speak. So remember, the Bible talks about the spirit of faith. We have the same spirit of faith, therefore we believe, therefore we speak. So the spirit of faith is what enables a tadpole to slap a whale, okay? So when you believe, then you declare. But what he's saying, guard your heart, for out of your heart flow the issues of life. Let me explain something. This right now is going to help you. The word issue in actual Hebrew language can be translated boundary line. Now, how many of you know what a boundary line is at a property? It says how far you can go. You are where you are today in your life because of your heart, where your boundary line is. We all have boundary lines. And the only thing that can release that boundary line and cause us to live limitless is to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the one that's calling us to expand our boundary line. The Bible says to strengthen your stakes and lengthen your cords. Enlarge the place of your territory. Do you realize enlarging and lengthening is stretching and it's not comfortable? Well, praise God, he's going to make every rough edge of things smooth. Do you know what that means? that means you're going to be filed man that means you're going to be pruned but enlarge me god enlarge my territory all right let me stretch you a little bit i will not let you go through that which you cannot handle Ooh! but as you're going through the stretching process of learning how to actually see through the eyes of the lord god help me to become love to to say i no longer i but that liveth but christ lives in me and the life that i live i live through the faith of the son of god who loved me it all gets back to simplicity jesus christ is the center jesus christ is our hope jesus christ is our pattern jesus christ is our mirror he is the one we are supposed to see to look at to become like and so that we can actually have the mind of christ if I have the mind of Christ, what takes place? When I have the mind of Christ, everything changes. Even, even let's give an example. Even in offerings, most people don't give with the mind of Christ. We give with the carnal mind. You know it's true. Come on, that's the truth. We give with the carnal mind. But if we give with the mind of, of God, if the Lord says, hey, write a check for this. Sure. Everything I have is yours anyway. But if we were to have the carnal mind, the knowledge of good and evil, the knowledge of how to hold it on, brother, I got to hold on. No. These are some things that we live. The carnal mind is enmity with God. So as I'm getting ready to finish this, I want you to know that you're valued. You're loved, you're appreciated, and God wants you to guard your heart for your heart affects your boundary line, your limitations. What are you seeing? What are you looking at? You know, Ephesians 1 talks about, may the God enlighten the eyes of your understanding. 
I love that word. The word enlightened means, it's the Greek word photizo. It's where we get the word photo. He's saying, why don't you take a picture? Why don't you behold something? See, remember, anything that you behold, you become. What are you beholding? Are you beholding your adversary, the devil, all the time? Are you beholding the goodness of the Lord? Are you beholding, are you, we're not ignorant of Satan's devices, but are you beholding your circumstances? Are you beholding a grudge? Oh, Lord Jesus. Can I, can I say something true to you? If you hold a grudge, you haven't seen him yet. I held a big grudge. I had a nasty grudge, man. You know, I've been married twice. My first wife left me for one of the Carolina Panthers, who's my best friend. I held a massive grudge. Now, every time I see that captain of the team, I really bless him. But it took a long time for me to be processed. And I used to hold a grudge towards Christians. I used to, I hated it sometimes. Because we've all been done wrong, right? Have you learned to love? Do you want to learn to love? How many of you want, or just you want to get closer to the Lord today? God told me this is going to mess with your theology right now. I said, God, I want to get close to you. He says, Scott, the way you get close to me is you stop trying to get close to me. Lord, what do you mean? He says, you've always tried to get close to me with what you thought was right. You were using formulas to try and get close to me, and it wasn't getting you close to me. You were just relying on what you've been, you thought was right. The way you get close to me is simply saying, I believe, I receive. Some of you have been struggling so much. You've been going through all this adversity for some time. And you just come to church to get a little bit of help so you can do another week. And so by the time you get back here, you're feeling better. And then it happens again. You're going through it. You're going through it. How many of you feel like you're on that hamster wheel? Anybody in here? Come on now. Your testimony is going to be heard. Your testimony is going to be heard. Because God's going to use you to bring forth people and show them the identity of God. You'll be leading people into what identity really is. I'll be moving things forward at a faster pace for you because I'm about to open up doors for you that you will share what you have gone through. Identity, 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 the identity of a son of God. I decree that right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God Almighty, any good? What time are we done here today? I got to make sure. Okay, well, no, everybody says that, but y'all lying. I, I used to hate that when they said, oh, you go as long as you want, man. Come on now. Okay, well, 
Who needs healing in their body right now? If you got pain in, if you have pain in your body right now, stand up. I want to see you. Stand up if you got pain. All right, see you. Okay. You got pain. Ma'am, where, where's your pain? Leg and thigh. On a scale of 1 to 10, what is it? 10 being high. Okay, 6, all right. What's yours? Left knee, scale. Okay, so like on a scale of 1 to 10, how high is your pain? Okay, gotcha. Okay, knee. What's yours? What's your scale of pain? Five, okay. Kidneys. Is it hurting? Do you feel the pain? Okay, all right. Got you. All right, what about you? It's arm seven. Okay, what happened to your arm? Okay, okay, gotcha. What's yours? And what's your pain level? Seven. Wow, come on, look at all this. All right, what about you, ma'am? Y'all stand up, okay, okay. Your hips and what's your, what's your pain level? About an eight and a half. Wow, that's pretty, dang, okay. All right, what about you, honey? Your leg here? Okay, is in your hip flexor. Okay, so, okay, about a seven. Okay, what about you, ma'am? Okay, and what's the pain? All over, you said? How, 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 pain? Eight, wow, okay. What about you, ma'am? Arm and, sh- arm and shoulder six. Okay, five, okay. Am I missing anybody? Did we say everybody? Okay. How many believers we got in here? All right. Look around the person that's beside you. Put your hand on their shoulder. And here's what I want you to do. Now, let me explain something why I'm doing this. Okay? And I don't want anybody leaving until off after this. You hear me? I want you to hear this. You're the body of Christ. We're assembling right now. Part of assembling means we're partaking of one another, right? Remember Jesus said, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. You have no part of me. He's talking about his people. We have to partake of everything. We got to eat all of him, even the people we don't agree with, the body of Christ. So part of eating the flesh of the Lord means actually we've got to love each other without an opinion. So what we're going to do right now is you're going to pray for them. Because this is not the Scott and Ari show. This is Jesus. Now, here's how you do. You simply say, pain, go in Jesus' name. I do not want you to have a long dialogue with a sick body part. Okay? Seriously. Because let's face it, when you do the long dialogue, it's actually more for you and not the person. So, Lord, I pray that the atmosphere of heaven flow right now. All pain go in Jesus' name. Release the pain right now. Release the pain. Go in the name of Jesus. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Fire flow. Fire flow right now. Now, what I want you to do, have them check it. I want you to check the pain level and ask them if it's gone down. And if it's gone down some, let us know. Has it gone down to the level that you had? Has it gone down? Where are you at now? 
No pain. All right. Praise God. No pain. Pain's gone. How are we back here? How you feeling? How you feeling? Pain gone? Pain's gone. Don't lie. Is it gone? All right. Praise God. Pain's gone. Come on, Jesus. You're seeing now this is you're seeing with Jesus is healing. And guess what? They didn't have to come up for an altar call for it. You're doing it right here. All right. How you feeling? Come on. Check it. Feeling better? Come on, Jesus. Guess who's healing? The Lord's healing them through you. Now, let me explain something to you. The reason we do this is because you have to understand you're the gospel with legs. And what happens, wherever you go, you love people without an opinion. You love them through the mind of Christ and say, Lord, help me to be your representative. And guess what? He's going to give you opportunity. I pray this encouraged you today. I pray that it challenged you today. And I pray that you just continue to wake up to who the Lord is and how good He is. He's that good. Come here, man. Come up here. Jesus. Hallelujah. Is that your wife? Okay, no prayers. Jesus. Hey! Lord, I thank you for the fuego of God. Mas fuego in his life. Mas fuego in his life. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. I've seen your tears. I've seen your stance. I've seen what you even walked away from. Now it's your time to reap. It's your time to reap. Yes. Lord, I thank you for even a special breaker anointing in on the songs. I ask right now, Lord, that you open up his heart to write. Lord, may he write down words from you. Words in both English and Spanish that will help finance what he's called to do. Lord, may you use him to help ignite a move of God in millennials in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you. Uh, Yes, the part of the old and the new I'm bringing to you. Old and the new I'm bringing to you. An old message with a new way. An old song with a new way. I'm bringing the old and the new. I will launch you and move you throughout a sphere of anointing that you've never encountered before. People will hear your voice before they see your face. They will hear what you have to say as you run your race. You'll run your race with amazing grace because as you sing forth my praises, I will will bring forth redemption to the hardest of hearts. Yes. More fire in the name of Jesus. I decree right now, Lord, a a complete... Oh, my God. (laughs) 
God's going to overthrow that which needs to be overthrown in your life. He's setting up a pillar, a pillar, even a pillar that will of, of the cloud of God will actually rest in your home. And I'm bringing a brand new come on, oh Lord Jesus, my gosh, I'm feeling drunk here. That's crazy. When you sing, I will erupt my people with joy. You will sing and you will go. You will go and you will grow. Oh, what an mighty folks you are. I placed you for such a time as this. Such a time as this. Such a time as this. You were born for such a time as this. So as you leave today, you will walk out as a new man. For the spirit of prophecy is about to land upon your hand. You shall speak and sing with a new authority. Oh, get ready, my son. You're running with me. <laughs> Glory. My Jesus. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> hey. Yay, come on now. Hey, I love the joy of the Lord. <laughs> Woo. Man, you're making me drunk, bro. Stop. <laughs> Woo. Come on, Jesus. May the fire of God be upon each and every one of you. May we behold the Lord. May we see him. May we walk this walk. May we run our race. May faith be stirred in your heart. May you know that he loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to keep you that way. Yeah. Look at him. Look unto Jesus. Fall in love with him all over again. Hallelujah. Shake him. Lord, I bless this house. God, I decree and prophesy over this place that this be a place of complete freedom, a place of radical Jesus lovers. Lord, I pray that each person that walks through the place, they will get smitten not only by the power of God, but by the love of God. Lord, may this be a place that reaches Florida in such a great dimension. I prophesy and decree there'll be no lack. Lord, I decree and I prophesy that God, you send forth entrepreneurs here to help finance the gospel, to help pay these bills. I pray for the spirit of faith to rise up in every heart. Lord, may we rise up in faith. Lord, may we believe what you said. And may we activate it by faith. So as you leave today, the spirit of faith is upon you. As you leave today, God has got you. You're starting to see him. You're starting to wake up. And you're going to walk in a greater authority than you ever had before. And when you pray, you're going to say, Lord, lead me. God, me by your eye. And you're going to have such a close connection. He'll say, move this way. You'll move it. That's freedom. That's freedom. Austin, I hand you the mic because I'd be here all day and I got to catch a flight. Come on. I think this is a perfect time. There's so much faith. I feel faith arising in this room. And so today we're going to sow in faith. There's a gift of faith that's in this room to believe God for the miraculous and to see it come to pass. So we're going to sow. We're going to give. Amen. Don't I start... We're going to take up an offering and the Holy Ghost goes out the window. We're going to give in faith. We're going to see the miraculous in our finances. 
every need met, nothing lacking, nothing missing in the name of Jesus. Amen. So if you need an offering envelope, raise your hands. You can make your checks out to AHOP, A-H-O-P. We'll also put the text to give on the screen, D, if we could do that, the text to give. Amen. Thank you so much. You can make your checks out to AHOP, but we're going to sow in faith. Like I said, I feel faith in this place. I feel I feel faith in this place. That's what happens when miracles begin to happen. Faith begins to arise. Because if God will do it for someone, he'll do it for you. If he does it for someone else, he'll do it for you. And we're going to sow in faith and believe God for the absolute miraculous. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for the ability to sow. The Bible says he gives seed to the sower and bread for eating. What does that mean? That means the more seed you sow, the more seeds you'll receive. The more bread you have, the more you're able to give out. We're not blessed because we want to have all the glamour. We're blessed to be a blessing. We have more than enough so we can be more than enough to those that are in need. That's the whole point of giving. It's the whole point of sowing and reaping. Not so we could just have our glitz and our glamour, our luxuries. It's so that we could be so overflowing that when God tells you to sow, you do it. And you have the means to do it. So you hear that someone's in trouble, that they're about to lose their house and they need their mortgage paid. You have the ability because of the overflow in your life. You pay a mortgage. You hear someone's in need of a car. You go to the lot and you said, pick it out. That's the type of blessing that God wants to put inside of your hand so you can be a blessing to a nation, to a church, to a people. It's not just for us. We want to be overflowing. Not so we can say, look at all the money we have. No, say, look at what Jesus did. He wants to take it from this hand and put it into this hand and put it into someone else. I believe that there's a mighty wealth of transfer that's about to happen to the people of God. The Bible says that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. And it's imperative that we decree and we declare. It's no longer we're church people and, and Christians and Bible-believing people where we just see the wicked get richer and the church get poorer. Absolutely not. There's about to be a great exchange of wealth. And you could be a partaker of that. He just wants to know he could trust you. If you're faithful with a little money, he'll make you ruler over much money. That is contextual, correct to use that in that manner, talking about money. Amen? So we're going to sow in faith and we're going to believe God for the miraculous. Don't just believe God for your needs. Believe God that God would give you the supply to meet someone else's. Stretch your faith. Not to just make your light bill, but to be able to pay someone else's light bill. Be able to pay someone else's rent. Being able to believe, being believe, believing God that he would do exceedingly above that you ask, think, or even imagine. That's where God wants to bring us to financially. So that we're not just for ourselves, but we want more than enough to bless someone else. Amen. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible. 